Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Cheyenne Hills podcast. This is our new Friday devotional podcast. Uh, We were looking for something to replace verse by verse since we got all the way through Genesis. It took us a long time, and we wanted to find something that would have a little bit more application, a little bit more uh, variety of subject matters that um, people would be able to, it would be relevant to people in their everyday lives. Um, my name is Casey Orr. I'm a video producer here at Cheyenne Hills. I'm here with James Damey, our worship pastor, and April Damey, who's also just recently joined staff, and she also plays a killer bass line in our worship band. So She does. It's true. It's true. She You're rocks. awesome. Thank see, you. She, she, she tends to like shuffle out of the light, so it's hard to see her, but, but she does really I, good I prefer job. the darkness. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> in the Bible. It's biblical. It is. Yeah. It's biblical. Today we're going to talk about the NLW Refocus Conference that we had right here um, at Cheyenne Hills. Um, they had the full-blown thing in Florida, but we were able to satellite in, and because we are a sponsor, we were able to um, offer it to anyone in the community for free. So, um, James, what is NLW International, and how did we get connected with them? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so NLW stands for Next Level Worship. And it's funny, we uh, we knew them before they were international. And that's pretty cool when they were just continental. It is, I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> national, but I think. National, sure. NLWC. And so, <laughs> so Dwayne Moore wrote this book in the early 2000s and uh, just released it as it's a devotional called Pure Praise. And it really is a devotional about understanding what worship is and what God intended for it to be. Um, because believe it or not, we have kind of a skewed version of what worship is in our <laughs> in America today. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's kind of uh, just been um, taken over with this performance and entertainment aspect that it was never meant to have. And so a uh, funny thing is the book, the whole premise of it starts uh, talking about uh, a situation that happened with Jehoshaphat in uh, First Chronicles. And it's like, that's not the first chapter people go to when they're looking up what is worship. Hey, let's go to First Chronicles. Well, it's hard to get through Chronicles because it's the first like... Th- 40 chapters are just lists of names. Exactly, exactly. And so you don't even know what's behind it because everybody's asleep by that time. But um, on this one, uh, the Pure Praise devotional, Dwayne does an amazing job of taking a situation that happened to Israel and really outlining what went what went right, what went wrong, um, and how we can apply that to today. So that, that was what the whole devotional is about and making it very applicable to when we walk into a service on Sunday, what should, what should our hearts look like, mm-hmm. you know, from the, from the platform to, to the, um, auditorium doors, what, what should everybody be focusing on? And so that's, that was where we connected with, with him first was, uh, we, I had the the whole worship team go through a devotional and it really changed the face of, of our team back in 2010. It helped to refocus. Yes, it did help to refocus. Good wordplay there because the refocus conference, you might not know, that's the name of the conference we just hosted, started by Dwayne Moore. So April and I actually went to uh, the first in-person refocus conference in Tennessee and they were just trying this thing out. Um, it was, it was more just experimental, but, um, it was really neat how they did it, how they did it. And, um, just the whole having a a speaker and then breaking apart for discussion times. We met this guy, Gordon from Georgia, and we connected with him so much. Um, we actually had him out to the church, him and his band on our stage. Yeah. And he led us in a worship night and they're phenomenal. So shout out to Gordon. Um, 
and uh, it was just a neat time to, to connect. I really connected with Dwayne Moore's vision and passion with NLW and decided, you know, this is something I want to be a part of. Mm. And so um, we started connecting and we did some video chats and um, and then the last two years we've hosted NLW International, um, connecting with their ministries uh, that are international. So I've been a sponsor twice um, for uh, the, the first guy was in Kenya. And um, so the, actually the second guy's in Kenya and, so, and his and, name is Anthony. And the sponsorship you're talking about uh, is different than sponsoring for the uh, conferences. You're sponsoring Absolutely. Uh, worship pastors in other countries and mentoring and, and helping them out. How does that work? Exactly. So we meet once a one. Actually, we're doing once a week. You're supposed to meet once a month, but um, we're just having such a great time. We meet every week, every Monday and He's a worship pastor, 25 years old in Kenya, um, small church there. And and he's just like, I want to know more about worship leadership. And I'm like, I'm old and I've made every mistake <laughs> so I can do this. That's what I, that's what qualifies me. And uh, so he doesn't have, he, he doesn't, he's not in a relationship yet. So he's got his whole life in front of him. And I'm like, man, if I could get you to make half the mistakes I make, <laughs> I've made. Just yeah, have <laughs> them. And then, then the guy you train will make a quarter and eventually. Right. Exactly. One day we're going to have a perfect guy out there. Um, that's probably not true, but yeah, same day Jesus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So kind of doing the same thing I did with my buddy Caleb in India, um, where we just connect and we go through a devotion together. We pray for each other and we talk about um, how how do we get our teams and our congregations to be able to focus on God and have a worship experience that creates a lifestyle of worship. And that's the whole theme of next level worship is to take everybody to that next level of lifestyle worship, not one hour a week in yeah. worship. Well, yeah. And I feel like that's, it's, it's a difficult thing because of with like so many things, technology has uh, improved the way we're able to um, put out what we do. Like you guys on the platform, it used to be you just sang real loud way back in the in the Spurgeon days. You just had to have lots of voices singing really loud for right. God. And then we got microphones, and then you get electric guitars, and then you get cameras, and then you get electric lights, and then you get all this stuff. And then um, it's really it feels really important. And I know um, you and a lot of people have gone through the uh, the 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 balancing act of how do I make sure we hold the the music that we're creating uh, to a technically high standard. To where it sounds good for God and it's as best quality we can put out. And at what point, you know, do you start focus overly focusing on that and losing the worship aspect of it? And it just becomes professional performance. Right. And I think that that's a big thing that I got out of uh, from what I saw from the refocus concert uh, or conference. I keep yeah. saying that. Well, there was a concert, so you're not. Oh, well. yeah, there was there was multiple there was concerts, a lot of concerts, which leads us to, an, uh, to our next point. Tell me a little bit. Tell me and everybody else. Uh, how many countries was it? We're a part of this. So we ended up having 15 active countries, including Pakistan, Ethiopia, um, and um, I believe there's Switzerland. There, there was a lots of countries that were a part of this. Germany, which, for sure. I remember Germany. Germany sure. was um, prayed. And yeah, yeah, so this was really cool is that they had some of the leaders from these countries actually uh, stream in and pray. Mm. Um, and it was it was amazing to, to just hear um, the prayers of of God's men and women, um, in all the different languages and for the same purpose. I, it was, it was just incredible. I think it really, uh, for, for me watching it, it really kind of reminded me of that unification sometimes, especially, 
Uh, we're a, a, a larger church for our area, but we're still in Cheyenne, Wyoming. It can feel a little bit kind of on our own, which is one reason we like it here in Wyoming. But um, when it comes to being a Christian in America or even the world now sometimes, it's really good to remember that there are people on the opposite end of the globe all over the world, you know, billions of people who are going through the same struggles, who are waking up in the morning and man, being, man, man, am I feeling God or am I doing a good job? Like, how do I live a better life? How can I be more like Christ? This is, it, we realize we're connected in that way. And so yes. this is where technology steps in and does a win. So many people called in and prayed. So many people, or we got uh, several bands from all over the world who uh, worship bands who performed as part of the conference that was located, you know, centrally in Florida, but that we were watching here and um, people with their arms up in our worship, um, in our worship center. Yeah, you know, to the music being sung in Spanish at one point. That was awesome. I that was hear, cool from Virginia. Uh, yeah, Waymaker. Yeah, Waymaker in Spanish. In Spanish. Yeah, yeah. that was, was really cool. And then we had a, a worship team from Kenya lead worship. So we were led from a team in Kenya. And I said I'd never been led from a team team in Kenya. And, and I remember you said, you're going to be in Kenya soon. So you're yeah. going to get that experience again. <laughs> yeah. Gonna be, yeah. Going to go through Kenya. We'll stay in Kenya shortly going into Uganda. And so I kind of wondered, like, I want to see where these people are on a map. Cause if it's not that far, I might want to come and knock and be like, Hey, that was a great set and just leave. And they'll be like, who was that white guy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> but, <laughs> um, some of the things too is there, because with that connectivity to around the world and getting to see that praise and that joy and that connection to God, the other thing that we uh, had connection to was some of the stuff that we see in the news that maybe we kind of feel like, oh, that's too bad for those people way over there. But we, mm. April, we had a guy uh, send in, it was almost, I, I hate to jokingly say Blair Witch style, it was just on his phone, looked like in a tent, probably in a camp somewhere, who was a Ukrainian uh, worship pastor who was... Uh, who had sent in a recorded prayer? Like what? What seeing that and some of the other stuff from Ukraine? What did that? How did that strike you? Yeah, that was powerful. I I know that morning James and I were just talking about just that we understand this conflict and yet we feel um, ill-equipped to be able to help to support and then to hear this pastor just pray this absolutely amazing prayer over his countrymen, over his people. Um, it was just beautiful. And you're right. I think he was in a car. I think he was driving somewhere. Yeah. Um, I know he his family has left Ukraine. They were sa- they were able to safely get out, um, and he he decided to stay and to support the people who were there. Um, and then, in fact, just this morning, there was a there was a comment on Facebook from from L- NLW, I believe, and they're they're looking for support and um, just a great way to connect with some place that feels like we can't touch it. Feels alien. Almost. It does. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's uh, the other thing, too, that they had is they had a couple of uh, the performances that were recorded just because I think they learned a little bit from last year because we were supposed to perform last year and ended up having to send in a recording after. Oh, that was, tech oh, that was heartbreaking. So it was a heartbreak. You know, it was, it was, such, a, it yeah. was such a bummer. Yeah, because they do this every month is where they have a worship time on a Thursday morning. Oh, okay. And so different bands just lead a little bit of worship and then they pray together. And um, and so, yeah, we were we were asked to be a part of that and we did. And then right as we were starting, we got through rehearsal and we did a whole mock setup. And then right when it was supposed to start, they were like, and here's Cheyenne Hills Praise Band from Wyoming. And, the, and our and Wi-Fi dropped. Yeah, the internet went out. 
on campus. I think it was across yeah, campus. Yeah. Everything. Oh man, that was <laughs> was really hard. So, but we did at least get that we record. So we we said, you know what? We still got the cameras rolling. Let's record, and we put it up on on YouTube. And so we hope people got to watch it. But yeah, I think I think they probably they may have learned. I don't know. That's why they did it. But they had people send rec- some some of the worship sets were recorded. One of the thing was an almost flash mob style, where just one person's walking on this little quaint little street that happened That's to be the, in Ukraine. That, that was the Ukraine, Ukraine video. Yeah. yeah. And it was the worship pastor that we were just talking about. That, that was, was the, in that his was the car. Same, one I didn't same, know. same guy. It was his church. And so his choir walked into the street um, and started singing. This was a Christmas video and just started singing and doing that. Um, yeah, one at a time, one person yeah. comes out and starts singing in the intersection and then two yeah. more voices. And then all these voices just kept joining. Them. It's an awesome video. I'm hoping to show this week mm-hmm. at church or the next week at church. And so that we can kind of use that to, I mean, these are, these are buildings that might not be standing anymore. Yeah. This is a street that is just filled with, uh, burned out cars and tank tracks. And, um, and the, we, we get the, the special opportunity to watch this and then be able to pray for our brothers and sisters in Ukraine. One of the things I, I don't know, this just came to me that I'd love to see as a thing of victory is, is to see if those people could get back in that square, however it looks and do the same and like do the same song and try the same thing again mm. to wow. kind of, and maybe ensure that indomitable yeah. spirit that, you know, Christ empowers us yeah. to yeah. have. He's but enduring. Amazing. Yeah. But anyway, that, so that was, that was hard. It was a little, it was rough. It was emotional. It was, um, but also again, it felt that connection and it, and it brings the fact that not only again, the joy of worship got connected, but the fact that people who are suffering, like we are connected to them too, because of the way the world is connected. And in this, also the fact that they're part of our big C church right. and they're our brothers and sisters. And so that was uh, really special. We also had a lot of other, um, Amazing speakers, though. Who who are some of the guest speakers? I I'm so bad with names. Oh sure. So we had Charles Billingsley, and he did an amazing talk um, that uh, really just it challenged my heart as a worship pastor. Um, and I know April said there there were some things that stuck out to you, right? Yeah, I really enjoyed uh, Scott Longyear's um, sermon that he presented, and then Doctor Doctor Cherry, she brought Doctor Constance Cherry, she brought an amazing sermon about passive worship versus participatory worship and that one was really powerful for me as well mm-hmm. and then uh, just a number of people Dwayne Moore of course spoke and uh, even uh, the gal who was singing I don't remember her name the one of the performers they were waiting they're having tech, a tech issue with the piano and so just she kind of started speaking and then it seemed kind of impromptu she shared her testimony and yeah. that was oh that was super powerful yeah. when someone who was you know, hurt by the church when they were young, but then found their faith even stronger when they grew up. And then her voice was amazing. Yeah, um, Tara Layton, and she started leading worship. So getting through all that, started leading worship again, and then now had a had a hit single in 2020. Oh, wow. Well, okay. And 2021 exploded, and now it's 2022. And uh, yeah, she's got a, she's got several really neat hits. So purchase on Spotify. <laughs> right. Yeah, I have to put a disclaimer in there. I'm way behind on my uh, modern music across the board, let alone modern Christian music. Yeah. So I kind of show my hand with that sometimes. But um, but what about some of the other uh, things that we took away there? I know, um, James, you were talking about the roles that Dr. Cherry was talking about. Yeah. Uh, so I was introduced to Dr. Cherry last year when she talked about our worship songs. The the lyrics can, can get so generalized that really you can come in and worship any God. 
Um, mm. Whatever's in your head, whatever's in your heart, you can worship them and you can worship beside Christians and Buddhists and um, whatever God you want. And because these songs are, are generic enough to do that side by side. And there was this story of um, a lady that came in um, with her daughter, came to church with her daughter for the first time. And her daughter looked over and she had tears running down her face. Um, during worship about you are good, you are good. Um, and she goes, I didn't know you had a, a relationship with God like that. And she said, I didn't, but I've never heard anybody say you are good. And to be able to sing to myself, I am good, mm. was life-changing. And so her whole point is this lady, we all assumed she was worshiping God and saying, was, you are good, God. But yeah. she was saying, I am I, good. Yeah. It, that's she thought how they were talking was, to her. She yeah. was worshiping herself. Yes. Which, and so, so... We had to be really careful that the message we're getting across is clear right. that we are singing to an audience of one, not, not to ourselves or even to the people on the platform. Well, and anyone's listening knows that, that we're talking about God Absolutely. and we're talking about Jesus, the right. specific God, the specific, you know, Christ, the specific yep. Holy spirit, the specific salvation right? that only comes that, from one way. Yeah. And it challenged me to be very specific and even communicate before we sing a note on, on any weekend that we are singing to Jesus Christ, our savior. Awesome. That is who we are singing to. <laughs> so, <laughs> and uh, so you that was a great good, challenge. Jesus, you are good. good Jesus, Jesus, yeah, whoa. Jesus. Uh, we'll just have a, yeah. a Jesus section that just sings and shouts Jesus. Put stuff in bracket, <laughs> brackets where we, right. we're just on the, clear on the screen. Right, just well, to be of, clear. One of the quotes that came out of this this refocus was someone had said, it became evident to me that you can have a worship service without God ever being involved. Ooh. And that hit like, like a punch in the stomach of, yeah. May that never be said of us, but it, it's very possible if you're not focused correctly, if you're not guiding the congregation correctly, we could worship and God not even be invited. Yeah, yeah. it could be a great performance and that's it, you know, yeah. and nobody connects with God. Nobody changes. Everybody walks out um, the same as they walked in. But man, we heard some great music and that that's I know that's not Shine Hill's heart or desire. And uh, and I know many churches in America, um, but it rises and falls off of the worship leader, which uh, jumping on into it, this is the role <laughs> assignments that we talked about, that the worship leader is actually our lead pastor um, because worship or music is a great form of worship, but it's not. Um, I'm trying to look up. Um, Darlene Sheck has this quote in Extravagant Worship, her book, that says music is a wonderful expression of worship, but it is not in itself the essence of it. And I love that. And that's kind of what uh, Dr. Cherry talked about, doubling down on this idea of who we worship, who, what is our role. And so the role of um, the everybody on the platform, mm. um, which is the band and the speakers and whatever happens on that platform, we're just prompters. We're, we're not performers. Um, we go, you had something well, to say well, just to, to help to start out laying out, she showed, um, a, a diagram actually, which yes. is very textbooky, but it was very helpful of, um, the people on the platform, people in the congregation and the people kind of, um, or the off state is kind of the, what wasn't on the platform, but right. was there. And she said the, the way the kind of the paradigm that we've been working on or that we've unfortunately gravitated towards is that you've got the um, worshipers or the performers on the platform? Yes. The prompters being the tech people and stuff like that that help out off off the side of um, back behind the curtain, mm -hmm. and then you've got the audience um, being in the congregation. And she flipped that on its head by saying, "No, 
The um, instead of uh, the people on the platform should be the prompters helping yes. lead. The people in the congregation are the performers. They are yes. the one worshiping, and the audience actually is in the room, but not in form. It's you know God. Yes. God is the audience who, to, and the people are the performers, and the worship band is just there prompting and helping and encouraging and empowering. Yeah, we're the, the per- metronomes. The metronomes. Exactly. We're, we're there just to keep keep everybody on the same page to yeah. give them a little guidance to say let's go together, and uh, which I really like um and then um yeah the the coolest thing was when she talked about what is a performer mm-hmm. um i really appreciated that because perf- performers are the active participants um does mm-hmm. that make sense yeah, and so yeah, totally. that are directing and performing actively participating for the audience who alone is god in, in the way she swept yeah. she flipped that around that picture around to show that the audience there's only one person in the audience and that's god and we're all here as partnership um in active actively participating in worship to god it's the and, whole reason we're all in the room to begin with Right, right. That's the purpose of it, and I thought that was—I thought that was great. And I feel like uh, one of the things that I was—I was going to mention about this whole thing is—is is, uh, the way these things got applied almost immediately. And I hope um, the other people I forgot to mention the other people in the, the building. We had uh, some of the other people we had there were um, worship pastors from other churches. We uh, that came to our. Um, streaming of the conference and we had little breakout groups uh, on our own. We kind of just, had, you know, did that by ourselves. And then, uh, um, but we hope they were able to go back and do what we were able to go back and do. Cause I don't know for anyone who's listening, who saw the March 6th. Yeah. The March 6th uh, messages of services, but um, you brought up some of that. Like you actually yeah. said some of the words, like, I want to remind you guys that God, you know, God is the audience. You guys are the performers here. Like we're just, yeah. we're just here to help you out. You were able to like literally bring that to that to bear. And I don't know if anyone goes back and watches those, uh, those, uh, the, the um, services, I think they'll be able to hear. Yeah. The there difference. was a shift. There was yeah. a shift for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I know it connected with me in a powerful way and it really helped me, um, to be able to put in my mind what I should be focusing on and um, just the role of a worship leader is, uh, or, or whatever, whatever, because Galen, if Galen's our worship leader, I'm just a prompter. And my role is not only to, to sing and to guide, but it's also to teach. And so um, I, I would be remiss if I didn't take some of these things that I'm learning and pass it on and teach that to our congregation too. And um, say, this is, this is, this is, the biblical function of worship. It's not about what America has kind of turned it into, which is, um, it's an experience of entertainment. Yeah. Performance. Yeah. Yeah. An event, an event of entertainment. Yeah. Cause that's not what it's about. Well, and we watched American Idol and we want to get on a stage and not a, instead of a platform and we want to be the star and not the prompter. Right. There's that humility that's required when you're, when you go from being a professional musician performer to a worship um, worship band like there's this shift that has to happen and and I, I'm not I don't think I ever uh, felt any conviction that we had had a problem with that but I feel like it did it did like it said it's like the fo- it's called it's called the refocus yes. conference and it helped it helped just kind of pinpoint some of those things that it's that's it's sometimes um, we lose in um, b- battery is not working or packs not working or 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 the camera won't turn on for some reason and stuff like that. We get lost in that and we want that all to work right, but don't we lose the fact that we've got to be led by and allow room for the, the Holy spirit to be the audience and the people yeah. to be the performers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now I know we talked a little bit about 
uh, Mr. Longyear before um, and April, you were saying some of the stuff with him. He, that was the one where I, I came in. I was trying to run around kind of doing some tech stuff, speaking of. And I, I sat down because he started saying things that really got to me. And I ended up writing my notes on my hand because I didn't have anything else on me. <laughs> well, you so, can cheat off my case. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, she's got a whole notebook full of, full of notes here. She did a really good job. So what were some of the things you were saying that you really took from that? Yeah, Scott really kind of, that one really stuck with me. He said that the number one job of a leader is to stay encouraged and Wow, that I mean that one statement he could have closed his Bible and been done. Yeah. It was powerful. Um, he he def, defined discouragement as courage being pulled out of you, mm. or as um, discouragement is the anesthetic that the enemy uses to numb you right before he carves your heart out. Oh boy, yeah. And oh, I don't know if that, that lands for anybody yeah. else here in twenty twenty two after the last yeah. few years, but discouragement has been a mm. black cloud for me. Yeah, and just that concept that. Um, we're, God's called us to step out of the boat. It's him alone that's that's calling us out onto the water, that we're to step towards Jesus. I mean, a lot of people might step towards the shore thinking that's their security, but but Peter, he he deadlocked his eyes on Jesus, and that's where he walked. Yeah, the title the title of the thing was uh, Hope Walks. Hope Walks, yeah. And he used, yeah. he used the scripture of uh, the storm when he after he uh, Jesus fed the 5,000, 2,000. He fed a lot of people. And then they went out <laughs> yeah. on the boat, and then there was a storm, and they looked out, and Peter saw Jesus, and he gets out of the boat, right. or uh, he gets out of the boat and starts walking towards Jesus, and that was the center of his illustration. Was the first thing you got to do is if you get have that boat. faith, get out of the boat. Yeah. Well, and the, I love how you said he had just fed the five thousand, and mm. a storm rolled up, and the disciples forgot. <laughs> they they for- immediately forgot that that the God did this side. amazing thing, and now they're scared of the storm. Yeah. And I that really resonated with me. Is how many times does God show up for me? And I forget. And immediately go back and are worried that something's not going to work out the way it's supposed to. Or My know. favorite point about this was um, he walks with Jesus, but the, he, when Jesus pulls Peter back up out of the water, I loved that Scott brought this to point because I'd never thought of it. They had to walk back to the boat. <laughs> he walked with Jesus on the water back to the boat. He didn't drag him through the water or the waves. Mm, he didn't him, carry him. He didn't toss the, him. They walked back there. to the boat. So not only did he, he sink and Jesus rescued him, they had to proceed back to the boat yeah. and he got to walk alongside Jesus. And that, that was just, I thought that was cool. I'd never considered that before. And that as long yeah. as he walked next to Jesus, he kept floating because he had that one moment of doubt and he sank like a rock. Yeah. Like Peter. Like, yeah. Peter the rock sank. Peter the rock. <laughs> bloop. Um, bloop. Um, but that actually reminds me that pulling him out of the water is what reminds me of the thing that I took away uh, from that the most. And that was, he described a, a college experiment I'm not going to try to remember which college it was. It was oh, this pres- is great. Yeah. It sounded prestigious. Um, but they did an experiment, which, forgive me, re- re- uh, listeners, this is, it's, there's a little bit of, it's a little rough, the, little the rough. concept, but the payoff is good, I promise. So what they did was they were basically drowning rats. I mean, uh, there's no point to it. They wanted yeah, to see, they yeah, they, they put rats in water in a thing that was deep enough that they couldn't get out of the sides. And they were timing how long it took them to give up and drown and uh, with no hope of getting out. And they said that the average time that the rats took to was 15 minutes. And, uh, and that's just, you know, again, some less a little longer, some less a little shorter, but the average was 15 minutes. Um, so then they, that was the control group, which you call an experimentation. And then they had the experiment group. So they took, these, they took more rats and they put them back in the water 
they, I hope they cried or something and felt bad about this, but they put the rat, <laughs> so they put more rats in the wa- in the water, and this time they waited until they saw them like start like to stop paddling so much and to start to sink, and they grabbed them and they pulled them out and saved them, and they dried them off, and I think they gave them a little food and water or something like that, and then they waited a second, and then they throw the poor thing back in the water, and so the idea was to see that after it was saved. After it, you know, once it had, because it was called the hope experiment, once it, once they had the idea of hope, how long they'd last. So they put it back in the water and then saw how long they'd last again. Um, and so these rats, on average, when back in the water, lasted uh, 60 hours, almost hours. three days. Yeah. After the most of them, you'd say, oh, maybe, I guess 15 minutes is how long a rat can swim. No. A rat can swim for almost three days, yeah. um, and the idea being once that they the way that uh, Longyear put it was, if I can be saved once, I can be saved again. Yeah. And unlike the poor rats, like we do have that as a truth, like with our God, with our Christ, with our Savior, like we will get. We've got how many times have we been saved already? Like we probably don't even know some of the times that we were in the water Absolutely. about to give up. And that hand, like with Peter, when he mm-hmm. when he lost his faith and fell, like how many times have we been pulled back up out of that water? Yeah, absolutely. We, and that's what I think that really stuck with me, yeah. the idea of of that's what hope does and that's how powerful hope is. And that's what um, I think really just drove a, um, drove a pin into his point of the leadership. A leader has to uh, stay encouraged. And all that yeah. means is they have to keep that hope so that other people can see the hope so they know that they're not going to drown. Yeah, because they didn't handle these rats ahead of time. They didn't create relationships with no. them. Um, and so as you're, as you're thinking about this, I mean, what hits me is that we have a God that is relational. We mm-hmm. have a God that cares about us. And it just took a little bit of hope for those rats to endure. How much does it take for us to endure as Christians? Understanding we have a God that loves us and wants a relationship and has a relationship with us. We talked about that last week, and we talked about the Leaders Edge conference. We had Renee and Julie and um, and Ken Will in here, and they were talking about the leadership and about the relationship that the um, that Jesus, the uh, shepherd, has with the flock. So, so the shepherds would go out with multiple flocks, would go out and use the same grazing t- uh, space, and then when it was time to go home. Uh, the one shepherd, each shepherd would call their sheep and they would know his voice. And even though they were in this big mixed flock, they would separate perfectly and go mm-hmm. to their shepherd. And so yeah. that's just to, to jump off your idea of the relationship that our God builds with us, that our Savior builds with us. Like he's that shepherd. He's not going to let us drown. Yeah. So um, anyway, it was an amazing conference. Um, I, I imagine we're going to hope to do it next year again. Absolutely. I'd love to get more churches in, involved. And um, I'd love to get my whole worship team there for once. That'd be amazing for me to actually uh, get all of us together and talking and learning together. And yeah. that'd be phenomenal. But I really feel like it's been an, it's been impactful. And I guess as we um, as we sign off here, there's there's a verse that comes to mind about what worship can be and in some places has been, which is sad. But Isaiah 29, 13 says this, these people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is based on merely human rules they have been taught. And I believe that NLW is here to twist that around, to turn that around, because this is what we need to be doing as Christians is to live a lifestyle of worship, just as important as prayer, as reading the word of God, as serving him, 
um, worship, worship is on that same area and it's not entertainment. It's not about musical performance, which is more for the musician than it is for the audience. Mm -hmm. Um, it's more as a a serving uh, on a serving level for the musician to give God their best. Um, and for the other performers called right now the audience, but (laughs) everybody that comes in to become the performers that give their best to Mm -hmm. God, um, and are active participants, as April said earlier. Well, uh, that's amazing. I'm, I look forward to next year. This was the first year I got to be part of it. I look forward to doing it again next year. You can find out about conferences and things like that and everything going on at our events page at cheyennehills.org backslash events. You can also, if you have interest, if any of this appeals to you, the idea of being this prompter and helping the congregation worship. We not only do it in, in a house, but we also stream back home. We've got um, the worship positions on the, on the worship band. Um, we've got tech people, camera people, all sorts of parts. And then we've got greeters and there's so many volunteers that are part of helping um, facilitate a congregation and doing that worship to that amazing audience. And you can go there, you can find on our website or you can find out more if you email connect at org. That's all for us for today. Thanks for joining us. Um, remember, you can get this podcast anywhere you get your podcast. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. And if there's a notification button, hit that puppy. And that way you'll know every time we have a new episode. Remember we have on Mondays, we are now rebroadcasting just the sermon portion of the services on our Monday. We're calling that sermon cast. We have our Shine Hills podcast. That's Nathan Winters and Galen Huck, our lead pastor, talking about current events and the way Christians are facing them every day. And then we have this every Friday. So we look forward to having you guys listen to us next time. Thanks for joining us. And remember, as, as we always say, be strong and very courageous.